Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Obviously, today's topic is framed by the Broadway musical Hamilton. If you don't know much about Hamilton, that was just a little history lesson for you, but he's one of our founding fathers. He was the very first Secretary of Treasury. He actually invented the role, pretty much. He helped structure our financial system. He actually started the New York Post as well. Clearly, today we're talking about someone who is a history maker. And I wanna let you know something today with all authority that I have as your pastor, by the way, I'm Pastor Amy, if you're new here, by all authority I have, I want you to listen to me and listen to me clearly. You are just like Alexander Hamilton. Ha! You are a history maker. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time together. I already just feel such great energy and fun and excitement in the room. And you know what? That's how it should be in your presence. That church is fun. Your presence is a delight. That you want us to experience a full measure of what your joy is. And I thank you that today, I believe that there is a supernatural word that the Holy Spirit wants to deliver. Please just use me your vessel. And I just ask God that you allow us to see ourselves the way you see us, that we are world changers. We are history makers, and we want to be a part of your great plan in our lives. In Jesus name, all who agreed, can you say amen? Amen. You are a history maker. You are a world changer. If you will, would you repeat after me? It's quite lengthy, but just just follow my lead. Say, I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. My enemies attack from one direction and flee from seven. I have favor, the favor of God. I'm blessed, I'm healed, there are angels watching over me, I'm a world changer, I was born to make a difference, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you can receive that today? That is something that my husband and I have prayed over and declared over our kids every day of their lives. Every day. It's just adapted from Deuteronomy. By the way, if your kids go to City of Life Christian Academy, they also declare that over their lives every day. Why? Because, you know, not many of us had the opportunity to grow up in an environment that nurtured that idea, that nurtured that mindset. I know that I did it. But I get to forge a path alongside my husband that nurtures something different in my kids. And so we choose to declare these promises over our kids every day because why? We know our human tendency is to forget what we're really here to do. 
Our human tendency is to question the call of God on our lives, the purpose on our lives. But when we choose to declare these promises over our kids, what we're doing is we're partnering with the Holy Spirit, realizing that there will come a day, there will come a moment that maybe they are facing a trial on their own. Maybe they feel like there's a giant in the land. Maybe they feel that there is a hopeless situation that they are faced with and something will click. And they'll remember, wait a second. I know what God says about me. I know what my parents declared over me. And I just lovingly want to remind you today, hey, if you call City of Life your home, if you call this your church family, my husband and I have delegated authority from the Lord to be your spiritual parents. So today, I want to take this opportunity to declare these things over your life, that you are a world changer, that you are a history maker. I don't know what lies you've believed. I don't know what things you've been struggling with, but today, I wanna to set the record straight for you. I want you to recognize those things in your own life. And once you recognize them in your life, you can forge that atmosphere in your home. You can forge that atmosphere for your children, for your future generations. That's how we change history. See, Alexander Hamilton, he was an American history maker. And people know him and people talk about him. I didn't know much about him until I saw Hamilton. Kind of a strange story, if you will. I think Lin-Manuel was just like, who is from New York? What can I do to write about New York again? Because his first one was about New York. But when I think of history makers, obviously you think of Jesus. But an archetype of Jesus in the Old Testament, because everything in the Bible, we know, points to Jesus in some way, is none other than David. A history maker, would you say? You know, as we're thinking about history makers, there's something very distinct and different about people who actually make a mark in this life. People who actually make a difference in this life. And David was that type of person. He thought different. He acted different. He filtered situations different than most. That's why he made history. And you know the day that I'm referring to in particular that he first made his mark. It's in 1 Samuel 17, and you know the story. Maybe you saw the felt boards when you were in a kid's church like I did, but it's none other than when David faced Goliath. Are you familiar with the story? David faces Goliath, and just for the sake of time, I'll just summarize in case you aren't familiar with too, too much of the story, but we find out that Jesse, David's dad, sends David on an errand. He has some cheese and he has some bread, a charcuterie board, if you will. I love me some charcuterie boards. If it's on the menu, we getting it. Yes, sir. It makes for a good date night too. It's fun. That's what he's bringing out to the battlefield. Mind you, David's a young boy. He, it, actually, the Bible says he's a ruddy-faced boy. I think that's um, going into great detail to make sure you understand he's very young. 
And the men who are on the battlefield are seasoned soldiers. His older brothers are there. The, the army of Israel is there. And you know what? They've been camped there for 40 days. And the Bible's really clear to tell this detail that Goliath, the nine foot plus giant, has been coming out two times a day to taunt the Israel army. He comes out to, that's 80 times. That's a lot. So he, day in, day out, breakfast comes out, taunts the Israel army. Dinner comes around, taunts the Israel army. David goes out around day 40 and he hears what Goliath is saying. And it's funny to me because he's going around to all these men who are standing right by him. And he was like, do you hear this guy? <laughs> do you hear what he's saying? And they're like, yeah, we've been here, David. You were tending the sheep. We've been right here. But he starts asking questions. He's like, well, wait, what, what's he saying exactly? What, what, what are his threats? Yeah, I see him, but... I, I got to take a little bit of a closer, you know, listen to figure out like, wait, no taxes? If I kill this dude, sign me up. <laughs> He's like, wait, I get to marry one of the king's daughters? Sign me up. He's just like, hold on a second. There, this is a good deal. But what Goliath makes very clear in this story is he says, send out your best man to fight me. You get one chance. You get one shot, one person to represent your entire army, and if I take him out, you will be my servants. And the other way around, he's just not even going to qualify that that could even potentially happen. So let's think about this for just a second. Young David, maybe a little bit naive, never really been on a battlefield before, clearly because he wasn't sent with the other sons and his brothers, he was just sent on an errand. He hears what's going on, assesses the situation, and says, hold on a second. I'm a history maker. <laughs> hold on a second. Whatever is happening here, this is my moment, and I'm not going to miss it. But let's think about the fact that he then says, go find the king. Take me to your leader. And, and, you know, we know how the story ends, so it's easy to forget the details of how all of this is being set up. But let's think about the fact that he has to confidently <laughs> explain to the king he's the guy for the job. The king. I mean, have you ever been in front of somebody that you really respected and, like, met them for the first time and you're, like, you know, all nervous and you don't know what to say? I mean... That's a bit, okay, that happened to me a couple years back. I'm in New York. The doors swing open to the elevator. None other than Tony Romo. Let's go. Yes. Amen. Me and Romo are on this elevator and I'm freaking out. Do you know who Tony Romo is? If you don't, let me inform you. He is the, the previous quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, God's favorite team. And I am, I'm starstruck. Instantly, I'm like on the elevator, I'm like, this is my chance. Like, 
First of all, he's cute. <laughs> so are you. But he knows I think he's cute. It's okay. <laughs> he is cute. Um, but he's somebody that I've respected and watched, and then you see them in real life, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, he's so tall. He's so, you know, he's going to win tonight because he was still the quarterback of the Cowboys. And I'm on the ele elevator, and I'm like, this is my chance. This is my shot. My husband's never going to believe this happened unless I document it. And I'm like, my hands are shaking. I'm like, I know who you are. <laughs> I was like, just me and him. And I think he was like, dang it. I was hoping that this girl didn't know who I was. I was like, can I please take a selfie with you? And he's like, sure. And I take my phone out. Guys, you can go to my Instagram just to look at the proof. It is the blurriest, <laughs> worst picture I've ever taken in my life. But I posted that joker because I was like, this is Tony Romo, if you will. I was like, whoa. But I was so starstruck, I couldn't even think straight, and I couldn't even take a clear picture. But imagine David talking to Saul, King Saul. And he has to convince him, I'm the guy for the job here. I know everyone's future is resting on this one moment, but I can do it. See, write this down. History makers see themselves winning. History makers see themselves winning. They see themselves as winners, regardless of what the obstacle is. David knew with confidence. He said, hey, king, I'm the guy. There was a bear once, I took him out. There was a lion once, I took him out. This guy, it's no different. I'm going to take him out with confidence. But imagine, there had to be something so different about the way that David explained these stories to the king that convinced him to let a young boy go out and represent the Israel army. A boy. But there was something distinct about David. There was a faith that he had. There was a confidence that he had in his God. He had seen other things happen exactly the way he planned, and this would be no different. History makers see themselves as winners. You have to begin to see yourself in whatever situation you are in as a winner. You have a massive call on your life. You have great purpose to fulfill. Do you know how I know? You have breath in your lungs. You have a pulse. You have a heartbeat. That means there is something huge that God has for you to still accomplish in your life. The enemy, Goliath, is taunting day in and day out. But history makers, don't pay attention to it. It makes no difference to them because they're going to win anyway. No matter what life throws at you, no matter what situations you face, if you begin to see yourself as a winner, you know that you will be victorious no matter what comes your way. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of filtering through life. It's why David was a history maker, and I believe today, if you choose to change those things in your life, 
It's how you're going to make history. It's how you're going to change things. Number two. History makers see problems as opportunities. Verse 34, specifically, I love this. It says, but David persisted. He's still, he's convincing Saul he's the guy for the job. He says, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. Imagine Saul at that moment, he goes, you don't say. (laughs) Thanks for letting me know that. Not quite the resume that I'm sure Saul was hoping for, but he continues, obviously, and he says, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. And then, I love how it's like so detailed. He's like, I've got all these strategies. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. It's very graphic, sorry guys. I have done this to both lions and bears and I will do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. He says, when the bear came in, I killed it. When the lion came in, I killed it. And I'm going to kill this guy too. See, he's saying it's not, this situation isn't any more complicated than other situations I faced. A history maker sees problems as opportunities, not obstacles, not hindrances, not something that's going to get you off track or be too much for you to handle. A history maker understands, hey, this difficulty is just an opportunity for God's glory to be on display, just an opportunity for him to come through for me yet again. What David is saying, he's saying, I've seen the faithfulness of God. I've been an overcomer in many situations, and this situation is going to be no different. I thought what was really interesting, I came upon this um, information that, uh, uh, like, a scientist was talking about, and he said, when thinking about this story of David and Goliath, he said, you know, I was just curious, and I looked up, how tall is a lion if it stands on its hind legs? And he researches about, you know, approximately 13 feet tall. And then he researched how about a bear on its hind legs. And he researched that the average was about 11 feet tall. And I think it's interesting that the Bible tells us Goliath's height, which is supposed to be so intimidating, right? It's supposed to make this situation much more extreme than the lion or the bear because this guy he's almost 10 feet tall. But to David, he's like, this is no different. I've seen these big things in my life come down the same way I'm going to see Goliath come down. The same God who brought you through 2017, the same God who brought you through 2019, my gosh, the same God who brought us through 2020. If that doesn't build your faith, I don't know what would. He's the same God that can bring you through whatever situation you are facing. It doesn't matter what comes at you, what anxiety is trying to take hold of you, what depression is trying to burden you, what addiction is a hang up in your life time and time again. 
Your God is faithful. Your God will bring you through. Your God doesn't see problems as big and small. They're all the same to him. So as history makers, we have to adjust the way that we see those things. We have to see problems as opportunities. Don't you want to be a history maker? I know I do. And you know, that's what God has called us to. He shows us stories just like David so that we can say, you know what? I want my life to be modeled after the way he lived. He's in the word of God because he did things the way God wanted. And if we're to make a mark, if we're to make a difference, if we're to live the way God has destined for us to live, we have to choose to be just like these men and women of God. Learn from their mistakes, learn from their victories, and be stronger because of it. Stronger because of it. I want your faith to be strengthened today. That was my one prayer as I was praying over this teaching. It generally is my main prayer is that I just, I want people's hope to rise and I want your faith to be strengthened because we're not talking about theoretical things and, and giants in the land. We're talking about real life situations that you're facing. And I'm very aware of that. And sometimes when we look at these stories in the Bible, it can sometimes seem like a fairy tale. It can sometimes seem like it's made up, but this really happened. They were difficulties in David's life. This was a situation that he was up against what seemed like insurmountable odds. But he overcame. And you're overcomers today. You're world changers. You're born to make a difference. You're history makers. And we're going to be just like David and Alexander Hamilton. So this situation wasn't any more complicated. It was all the same to him. Just another opportunity to prove what God can do. Number three. History makers see to it that the plan is executed. They see to it that the plan is is executed. I think it's interesting, a couple of details that I just maybe saw differently um, as I, I've actually taught on David and Goliath before, but a completely different angle. And I just thought it was interesting that the first thing that we know that Saul tries to do to help is that he tries to offer David his armor. And when David puts the armor on, he's trying, I mean, I think he's like, Okay, I mean, you can't really say no to the king. And he is, you know, trusting me and giving me this opportunity. So I think he was just, you know, being accommodating or appeasing him. So he puts the armor on and he maybe even wants to prove it to him like, really? This, this is too big for me. Because from what I understand, Saul was like a really tall, big guy. He was supposed to be like a warrior, but he sends David out. Um, but the least he could do is offer his armor. Aren't we so grateful for his heart. But either way, David knew, he was like, this, something doesn't feel right here. And you know, something's a little off. And he's thinking, in my previous victories, it didn't feel like this. In my previous victories, this isn't how it was done. And this is not how 
it was executed. So he says to Saul, thanks, but no thanks. And he says, I'm, I'm going to do it the way that I know God's shown me to do it before. And I just think it's kind of indicative of areas of our life that maybe we have to examine to be those history makers to make sure that we're in proper alignment, to make sure that we're connected the way that we should be to the source and the power. You know, there was a day that I was um, organizing my garage, probably during the pandemic, did a lot of weird organizing. None of it lasted, by the way. All, actually, it looks worse now than ever before. <laughs> Let's be honest. I just got more busy. That's what it was. Okay, that's my excuse. Anyway, I was organizing some things, and then, you know, I was, like, on a really good workout routine. We'll get back. In Jesus' name. But I was working out in my garage, and I was ready to go in um, after working out, and I went to touch the garage door opener, and it closes, you know, like halfway, and then goes back up. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I do it again, comes down halfway and then goes back up. And I know that if there's something blocking it, it would naturally do that. So I'm looking, nothing's blocking it. Yeah, that'd be a sermon all in itself. But nothing was blocking the sensors. And so I'm just frustrated. I'm thinking, well, I mean, the power is on, but it's still not working. I was like, the, the power is on, but, and nothing's blocking it. Everything I know to do isn't fixing it. So, you know, the genius in me decides to go to YouTube. So I YouTube what the problem is. And what I find out is that the sensors on both sides have to be aligned. They have to be facing each other. It wasn't a power issue. The power was on. It wasn't something blocking it. It was an alignment issue. And so what I, amen. Garage door. We'll preach. So what I did is simply just went over, and you can see the two red, uh, like, sensors, and I just adjusted one just slightly. It was just ever so off. It just adjusted it just a little bit. And I literally thought about that analogy as I was thinking about David. Is he's saying, I can't do it Saul's way. I can't, you know, do it in my own power, which is really what that would have been. He's saying, I, I, I'm battle tested. I, I, I've already had victories and success and and I know how to hear from the Holy Spirit on my own. I know how to execute this plan based on previous experience and I'm going to do exactly that. And I challenge you today that if you have not had a victory in an area, maybe it's an alignment problem. It's not a power problem, I assure you. Because the power is available. But if there's something that's disconnected, if there's something that's misaligned, if you are not turning towards Jesus, the victory will be hindered. The power can't connect. And I don't know what that could be in your life. You know, I think it's really interesting too, just, just a couple of points that you know, stood out to me is that David says something very clear two times 
about Goliath. It's the only thing he says as almost a, an insult to Goliath. Two separate times he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of Israel, that he would defy the men and women of God? You know what he's saying when he's saying that? We don't talk about circumcision very much. It's a little awkward. But what it represents in the Bible, and I think it's interesting David says it two times because he really wants everyone around to understand who Goliath really is. What he's saying about Goliath in that he's pointing out that he's uncircumcised, he's saying this joker, he's not even in the covenant. This joker, he's not even under the blessing. And so what he's saying is he's not, but I am. And what he's saying is, and, and I want you to understand this analogy, that the covenant blessing for men and women of God, for history makers, is kind of like an umbrella. That if you go out in the rain and you have an umbrella, and it's in your hand, but it's not opened, you're going to get rained on. It's not going to do what it's supposed to do. But when you are in a covenant relationship and you understand what the anointing and the power and the authority of God is supposed to be in your life, you open it, use it, and stay under it. A lot of times people view those types of maybe ideas or conversations as somehow controlling or somehow, um, you know, micromanaging of people's lives. No, it's actually how you stay in the blessing. It's how you stay covered by the power of God, by the anointing. It's how you stay. And, and so what I'm challenging you to do is make sure your alignment is right under that covering. Make sure your alignment is right where the Holy Spirit wants you. Because if you've seen him come through for you before, and I know he has, and you haven't had that victory yet in a certain area, and you haven't carried over into that walk with the Lord that is making you a consistent history maker, then you have to check and say, wait a second, am I undercover? Am I in the blessing? Am I aligned? Am I listening to the Holy Spirit? And I challenge you that with, I challenge you with that today and the band can come as I'm closing but I ask you I, I I want you personally today to ask the Holy Spirit what is he teaching you through this I knew I wanted this to be an encouraging teaching today I asked the Lord to give me insight into some of the things that maybe you were facing and I actually felt like I wanted there to just be a release of strength a release of renewed faith and power in the things of God and hope. Because sometimes I think in church we can get, you know, a little bogged down with our issues. But today I want you to see things a little bit different. Like I said about David, that history makers, they think different. History makers respond different. They act different. They process different. They filter life and difficulties different than just anyone else. And I want you to see yourself as a history maker today. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this word. I thank you that I just feel 
a release today. That maybe people walked in here with burdens and a heavy heart. But Lord, through this teaching, I believe that there can be strength renewed, there can be faith built, there can be joy revived and a refreshing in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would put our shoulders back and our he hold our heads up higher, knowing that you have something so massive in front of us. You have a destiny and a purpose on our lives. And I just thank you right now, God, that we're more postured and ready to carry that call out, to carry that purpose out. I just thank you for every person here today, God, that they would feel that hope and that strength in Jesus' name. And still with every head bowed, and every eye closed. When I was talking about that alignment, that alignment is necessary for the power of God to be in our lives. And what that means is that alignment comes only from a relationship with Jesus. The Bible's clear that the way to salvation, the way to a relationship with God is through recognizing Jesus as your source, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I just wanna give an opportunity, I would love to pray for you, that if that is you today and you would like to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, to be your covering, to be your Savior and recognize He is your Savior today, could you just quickly raise your hand? No one's looking around. Thank you for those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Online, if that's you, you can type in the chat, I need Jesus, I believe in Jesus as my savior today. I need that alignment, I need that connection to that power that can only come from the Lord and a relationship with him. With those that lifted their hands today, church family, could you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent your son Jesus as a sacrifice for me to have salvation and eternal life. Jesus, I recognize that through your sacrifice, that's made possible. You weren't sent resistantly. You wanted a relationship with me. From this day on, I have proper alignment. The power of God is at work in my life. And from this day forward, it's Jesus first, Jesus always. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.